Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Purifying Truths with A Star. We have a treat with us today. A phenomenal speaker, Miss Nelson. How are you doing today, Miss Juliet? I'm doing well. How are you? Absolutely wonderful. What an honor to have you on Purifying Truths. I'm going to dive right in and I'm going to let you introduce yourself. Tell us about you. Oh my goodness, I am an industrial and organizational psychology practitioner by day, I'm an entrepreneur, an educator by night, and I, I would like to assume that I will be resuming my duties as a children's choir director. So quite a lot of projects that I work on, for the most part, and everything that I do, I, I really seek to create safe spaces for people to step out as their best authentic self and empower them to, to be purposeful and really seek to be impactful in all of the things they do. And outside of that, I'm a learner on my life's journey, constantly growing, ever evolving, and um, trying to discover new ways to be kind to myself. Amazing, amazing. Well, welcome to Purifying Truths. You mentioned all the things that you do. And from one busy female to another, how do you find balance between all of the tasks that you're taking on? Not, not my favorite question these days, but to be <laughs> transparent right now, it's, I'm just figuring that out on the past, over the past few years and so on and so forth. You know, I go on podcasts and I usually say, you know, there's to-do lists that I do and I still do those, you know, to-do lists. I do a lot of meditation, um, but burnout does exist. And that's kind of the phase that I'm in right now. I recently graduated with my PhD so with that, I came from just this intense height of conflicting priorities, but having to meet them all. And then everything just the silence comes where it's like, okay, what do I do next? So I'm realizing that my body also needs to recuperate. So I'm just being patient with myself. I think that's what balance looks like for me right now. Stillness and patience with myself as to how quickly I'm jumping into new projects and so on and so forth. Also really evaluating those things that perhaps don't bring the same sense of fulfillment or perhaps may not be producing as they should and, and being okay with removing things off of my plate if it comes to that. So that's the clear but unclear <laughs> answer to your question. Absolutely understood. Overstand, actually. I just love the fact that you mentioned self-patience, self-evaluation, because yeah. truly key, and ironically, it's mental health yeah. month. Yes. So what are some of your practices for self-care? I know you said a little meditation, but what else do yeah. you do? Um, I do a variety of things. I think if you see my picture, I have blue hair prior to that. I had pink hair prior to that. It was probably like a red or a blonde or something. I don't know. I've had every color that's a color as far as I'm concerned in my hair. So that being said, one of my biggest self-care things is going to the hair salon and just sitting and getting my hair washed, getting it combed out. Um, as a Black woman, my hair is very thick. 
and it takes hours for me to come through it myself. So that's the self-care of having somebody else do it. And, you know, when you're sitting in a hair salon, you can't, there's so much you can do. Um, so it allows me to kind of unplug. I try my best to at least get in one massage a month, at least. Sometimes I can get it in more. If I know that I've had a very stressful month, sometimes it's listening to podcasts and also really taking the time to check up on people. Mm-hmm. I find that checking on my parents, checking on my friends, it allows me to kind of tap into the world outside of myself. And for me, I feed off of people's happy moments and sad moments. So connecting with friends, and even if it's just as simple as a text message or a conversation or a FaceTime, that as well as for me, self-care, because I'm able to also celebrate the things that they have going on and support them in their journeys as well. So yeah, those are some of the things that I do. Amazing. You get outside of yourself and that's so very important to check on others. Even if we're having a bad day, it's a way of getting a different perspective. Juliet, I want to go a little bit into my first impression of you. And so when I saw you, yes, you had blue hair, but you had these eyes glasses. And I thought, oh, let me check out. And so I went and I researched and there was another pair, another, oh, oh my God, amazing color shapes. It's just amazing. And then I went to see your book, which is sharing my lens. I thought, oh, isn't that ironic? So what inspired you to write? And is that why you wear the glasses? The launch of at least uh, Junuri, the publishing company and the eyewear collection, it's really um, almost like a progression of my journey. Um, a feeling of growth during a period of time. Summer of 2017, um, one of my best friends passed away from suicide. And by 2018, I was kind of in a space where, where it's like, okay, so what do I do now? And that's challenging when someone so close to home passes away, you're really almost like lost. You're like, okay, what, what does this mean? And In that point, that's where I was really trying to redefine who I was. How did I want to step out into the world? And of course, I now have this constant reminder that I don't get to live life at like tomorrow's promise because someone I knew was here the next moment he was gone. So, you know, that led into Junuri. And that was very much me um, praying, fasting, having a conversation with God and really learning that I have a story to share, whether it's my pain, my triumph, my successes, my failures, the happy times, the sad times. I think it's more really giving people that hope that it's a human thing to experience human things, if that makes sense. So there are people who deal with mental illness. There are people who deal with physical illness. There are some people who face challenges at work. There are people who lose their jobs. There are people who struggle through school, but it's a human thing. It, it doesn't take away from your value. It doesn't take away from who you are as a person. It's just part of the human experience. And so having lived in South Korea, where I was actually given the name, the Korean name, Nanuri, which translates to to share, and the commission by my pastor to share my gift wherever I go, that's where that factored in some years later into me really sharing, again, my passion, my purpose, 
the things that make me happy, the things that make me sad, um, sharing my lens. So that's where that slogan comes from. And then that transferred into uh, me ending up publishing a book, having a chit chat with a mentee of mine about some of the things we wished we'd known going into college. And this was around the time when someone had proposed that I write a memoir about my life, but I had gotten the epiphany that they were not the person who would tell my story. And so it was at that moment of me trying to figure out, okay, how do I share my life experience? That's where sharing my lens, the book was formed, where I'm now sharing my perspective of the things I wish I'd known going into college. So it's a guide that I, I would give to my younger self, but also to my students, to clients. You know, it's not just for high school students or college students, but it's for parents, it's for adults, it's for human beings you know, navigating their own learning experiences as well. I think it was me buying a gift for someone who was a gamer and for people who really love to play video games, of course, they spend hours upon hours in front of their computer screens. And so I discovered that they get blue light blocking glasses to protect their eyes from spending so many hours in front of a screen. So at this time, I'm, I have Junuri and I'm like, this would be a great value add for my clients. Mm -hmm. And that's what kind of took the idea to another level. I know when I first formed Junuri in 2018, I jokingly prayed to God and I was like, yeah, the next pair of glasses I buy has to be one I design. You know, it, words are powerful. So I didn't really yes. understand what I was saying when I said that. And so I made that blue light discovery and that led into identifying a lab. And it, and it was a journey of, you know, me saying, oh, that's cool. And then just letting it sit and then coming back and saying, oh, I found another cool thing. But once I identified the fact that, okay, we can have a lab where we can fill prescriptions and I can serve customers like myself who do need glasses that help correct your vision day to day, then, you know, that's where it took off. I, I don't know where the wooden glasses idea came from. I think I was just trying to be very unique. And so I was like, wait, that's something that I don't all often see, but it's just very interesting how things come together because wood, it's symbolic of growth, of wisdom, of longevity. So it's like a tree that's deeply rooted, right? And as it grows, it weathers every storm, whether it's a good day, a bad day, it continues to grow, it continues to evolve. And that really symbolizes our human journeys, right? No matter what storms come, we have to continue to grow, we have to learn, we have to pick ourselves up and we have to continue evolving and so on and so forth. We stand chin up and tall like a tree. So it's just ironic how that all comes together, but that's what led to Nuriland and Junuri. It's yeah. Amazing. Amazing. You know, I want to um, offer you my condolences. I'm sorry for your losses. You. I know it's hard. It has to be oh, so yeah. hard. Oh yeah. And so understanding that you didn't let that just pull you down into the depths of despair, that you were able to get past that for yeah. those, as we can mention, that are struggling in their mental health, or maybe they've lost a loved one, or they're right. on a journey of some sort of loss. What right. advice would you give to them to move past it? I will first start with those who are going through it. Okay. Um, and, and this is what I really wish that we told people going through it. 
at least dealing with suicidal thoughts you have yourself to live for more than anything and I think we need to remind people that they are so valuable if to no one they are valuable to themselves their lives have meaning to themselves human beings according to the laws of humanistic psychology we are human beings able to live our lives with meaning and purpose right if you were able to get a good grade, guess what? You have fulfilled your life's purpose in some way, shape, or form. You having your podcast is a way of you walking in and fulfilling your purpose, whether you're aware of exactly what that purpose is or not. And that also brings meaning to your life. And so that's what I would share with people who are going through it. I've also been on the end of dealing with the challenges of mental illness personally. So, you know, it's okay to get help. It's okay to see a therapist. It's not only just going to them when you're struggling, but also going to them to help build those healthy habits, just like you would go for your normal doctor's checkup, right? You're building up these healthy habits so that when hard times come, it's easier to manage. It, it might sound cliche, but it's going to be okay. But the, the important thing is that you choose to heal. And when you really choose to heal and when you really choose to do the work, there is light at the end of the tunnel. And even if you barely get across the hill, challenges might come that make you want to turn back. But once you have gotten over like the peak of a hill or the peak of a mountain, you're not going to go back over and, and go right back down from where you started. You want to continue progressing. And so that's what I would share with people who are going through it. Everyone's journey is different. And so I say that with grace. I say that with love. I say that with compassion and kindness understanding some people's journeys might be harder than others and for those who have lost someone or they're loving someone going through it for those who've lost someone who you have to allow yourself to grieve you have to allow yourself to grieve I, I would say that you have you just have to let yourself grieve because when you try to act like you it didn't happen or you're okay or you're being strong. That's when you find yourself getting into a spiral of that same person you lost to a mental illness. And so that's what I would share and also hold on to the peace that if you did try to help, no matter what way it was that that person had, that person will have passed knowing that you cared for them in whichever way. And, and that's something I had to make peace with. Um, you know, you, you could never tell someone you love them enough. You can never tell, you can never help them enough. You can never support them enough, whether they pass away from, uh, you know, mental illness or whether it's just another thing. You can never show someone that you care for them enough, but it does help to live with the peace that they did know that you care. And so it's important that we really live our lives intentionally, love, out loud and on purpose and care for people, lead with kindness, lead with compassion so that, you know, you can live life with no regrets, I guess. So, yeah. That is powerful. I love that you are being transparent and sharing with us your journey because yeah. that does give hope. We look at you on the outside and many times we are guilty of judging a book by its cover. Mm -hmm. So, the hair with the glasses, Dr. Nelson got it all together. But I love the fact that you humbly shared with us the other side, that you went deeper 
and poured out that all of us can yeah. fall yeah. prey to a bad day that could yeah. go into a spiral. None of us above that. And speaking about that, as an Afro-Caribbean millennial female, what challenges have you faced just in life so far that you've been able to maneuver and overcome and be that doctor that so many of us think is beyond reach? Um, I think a lot of the challenges that I've maybe experienced or negative, I came to terms with how negative or how bad they were as in like in this part of my adult life, I will say, I think currently now it's really navigating. I know we speak about intersectionality, right? Um, Mm -hmm. But I think the challenge is yes, how connected they are, but also how separate they are. I'm a child of immigrants, right? My, my parents came to this country from Haiti and that's something I'm very, very proud of. And that's really what drives a lot of the work that I put into everything that I do. Because for me, it's like, I know the sacrifices my parents made for me, uh, my grandparents. I actually visited one of the places where my grandmother had her little stand when she was a merchant to create a life for her children to come to the United States. But I also reflect on my ancestors, you know, Haiti being the first independent Black republic when we think of slavery and we think of our ancestors or just the sacrifices that people who came before us make, I'm pretty sure they know that they may not live to see it themselves, but it's worth it because they know that down the line, their seed somewhere down the line is going to see that freedom, is going to see that um, wealth, is going to enjoy that prosperity, that happiness, that contentment, whatever it is. And so that's really what drives a lot of the work. But I think the challenge is is coming face to face with the reality of how sometimes connected but separate those battles are. You know, I am a black woman until I'm a child of immigrants, right? You know, I know they have the whole Black Lives Matter. And what happened is you had Haitians getting brutally assaulted at the border, Haitian migrants, and a lot of people were silent. So it's like, we're black too, but again, now we're immigrants. So now the, the fight all of a sudden becomes separate. You know, we're also Latino, but no one has that conversation. But of course, in that sense, we're Black. So that makes us very separate. And even as Black women, I find that we fight every battle, but we always get the shortest end of the stick. If we're fighting for freedom from slavery, more than likely Black men may benefit more from that freedom in a society that was very heavily patriarchal than Black women would. Um, And this is not to negate or invalidate any of the experiences that Black men go through, because I see it. And that's very real. Even when we fight women's rights, when you look at LGBTQ, it's the same thing. Black women always get the shortest end of the stick. And I think for me, that's the challenge. It's navigating the connection between all of these different things that make me me but also navigating the unfairness of, yes, I count until I don't count. And so I think for myself, it, it's in some cases, it's like, yes, um, if I'm not invited to the party, I guess I'll plan my own, <laughs> you know, I'll create my own lanes. But in other cases, having that in mind, I know that I also have to be able to call out a wrong when it's wrong. I have to be able to advocate for people 
whether they're different than I am, whether they have different beliefs than I do, that's part of how I choose to navigate those challenges. Knowing that, yes, I'm Black until I'm a child of immigrants, or I'm one thing until I'm not. And so when I look at other people and their, their challenges, I know that I have to also advocate for them or be able to speak up with them because it's not just choosing one battle over the other. So, Wow. I never thought of it in that way. You have certainly enlightened me. Being a child of immigrants and navigating through all of your challenges, how did you find your purpose? How were you able to find your way and not get lost in the chaos of life? I mean, it's, it's an ongoing journey. <laughs> I'm blessed to have had people in my life who constantly are like, oh, maybe this is what you're called to do. Maybe this is your calling. This is what you're meant to do. I know one of the big key points was when I did go to, to teach in South Korea. I took a break from college and I just, because this new thing that I could do and I did it. They were going to pay for my ticket. They were going to pay for my room and board. You know, I didn't really have to depend on my parents to pay for anything or anything like that. So I said, okay, I'm going to try it. That was the beginning of the redefinition of Juliet. I'm not living under my parents' rules. So now it's like, okay, now that I look at life, what am I going to embrace as my values? What things did they give me? Am I going to hold on to? What additional questions do I have? How am I going to navigate them? And so I think that's where that started. As I shared before, you know, I've been given the name Nanuri, Nuri, meaning to share. That commission was kind of like, okay, so how do I share my gift? How do I share my lens with other people? And so I keep that with me. And again, it's, it's constantly having those people in my village and around me who hold me accountable, who come back and say, yeah, this is probably what you're meant to do. Times when I get frustrated, they'll call me back and say, remember to humble yourself. You didn't get here on your own. And remember that you're no better than who you're being called to serve or the opportunities you're being called to. And so that's really a significant moment in which I knew that I had a little bit more of a footing of, of what I was supposed to do in terms of my purpose. As I just progress through life, I think what I realize is life is not a linear thing as compared to how society wants us to see it. We have societal norms, cultural norms, and so on and so forth, but no one's life is really linear. And when it comes to purpose, it's the same sense as your purpose does not look like one thing. Your purpose is just, for the most part, an objective, a goal, what you're supposed to do, but it doesn't necessarily say what title you're supposed to hold. It doesn't say that. If I'm supposed to help people, I can help, help people as a podcaster, as a nurse, as a mom, as a wife, as a friend, as a sister, as the garbage woman, as an admin. I could help people in so many ways. And so that's something that I also keep in mind as I progress through my life's learning journey that my purpose is not always looking like one thing. One thing might be working now and it might be, it might not be the way that I need to walk in my purpose five years from now. And that's okay. I learn from it. I allow it to help me grow and I keep pushing. Yes, indeed. You share that life is not linear. I think yeah. that many times we don't see the multifaceted 
journey that we're on because we're so focused on one lane or the other. But truly, life is multifaceted. It is not linear. And even as we are here now, we're doing so many things at this stage in the journey, not to say five years from now that we won't add more on to our purpose. And it's all part of growth and helping us grow. Absolutely. Absolutely. You two are an author. Give us three takeaways from your book. Tell us Mm -hmm. where we can get your book and how we can support you. Yes. Three takeaways. First is to um, know yourself, know thyself, self-awareness, understand your personality and be okay with that. You know, learn your strengths, learn your opportunity areas and really allow that to help you create your learning experience. So for example, if you're more of a visual learner, perhaps sitting in a lecture hall is not going to be beneficial. If you're more of an introverted person, perhaps going to a massively large university might be challenging, Where whereas you can be in a smaller college or university where you could have smaller class sizes. So really having that level of self-awareness and allowing that to help drive how you create and design your learning experience in and your learning environment. Second is valuing some of those skills that we take for granted, reading, writing, public speaking. You never know when you're going to need it. You never know how you're going to need it. But I realized that those skills are very important for number one, how we step out in our professional lives, but also being just a citizen, a human citizen of this world, of this planet. For example, you know, history class, sometimes we don't pay attention to that, but look at all the activism that has occurred in so many ways, whether it's civil rights, whether it's environmental sustainability, whatever it is, but really having a bit of awareness of where we've come from, how far we've come, what our limitations are, it helps to inform how you participate and you, how you play an active part in society. So really taking advantage of those different skills. And then the last thing is you versus them. Building your personal brand, networking and connecting with people, but also trusting your process. So just because you perceive that someone's journey is going better or faster than yours, that does not mean it necessarily is perfect. So really trusting that the path that you're on is tailor-made for you and that you will overcome the challenges and be the rock star that you were meant to be. Um, And where can people find the book? Uh, Amazon. But Sharing My Lens, The College Experience, that's where you can find it. Amazing. Amazing. You phrased know your opportunity areas rather than saying your weaknesses. I love that perspective. And I think that's even a way of showing self-love. I just love that, knowing your opportunity areas. I'm going to borrow that a little more often. I also love how you encourage us to trust the process. I know many times we compare looking to the left and right, seeing what he and she is doing and, you know, comparing ourselves to them. But I love that you are encouraging us to trust our process, not their process, but our own process, knowing that we're on the right path. I'm a firm believer of what happens is what's supposed to happen, when it's supposed to happen. Indeed. Well, please tell the audience how they can connect with you and what is coming up next for you, Juliet. 
Yes, um, you can visit my website at julietnurinelson.com. That's J-U-L-I-E-T-T-E-N-U-R-I-N-E-L-S-O-N.com. I am also on Instagram as Juliet Nuri Nelson. You can connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, feel free to let me know that you found me on this podcast. Once you go to those platforms, you'll be able to find my book. You'll be able to, you know, learn more about Junuri, Junuri Publishing, Voisin, and Nuri Lens. What is coming up next? Oh my goodness. Things that perhaps people can, can expect to see in terms of Junuri. I am looking at how I could provide more value to students and professionals. So there may be some things in the pipeline with that. Of course, Nuri Lens, we actually are going to be launching a podcast in the near future um, because we not only want to sell great eyewear, but we want people to make great decisions, healthy decisions about their vision. Um, and we really want to invite people to the conversation. And so that is one thing that is coming up, really talking about those things that we really don't consider when it comes to taking care of two of the more important vessels on our body, our eyes. And so, yeah, that's something that is on the horizon and is expected to launch in the coming weeks. Wonderful, wonderful. That's exciting. Well, thank you so much. It has been a privilege having you on Purifying Truths. Juliet, oh my goodness. I'm so excited to see and follow and just grow with you as you thank walk you. your purpose. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. And it's been an honor to be on your show. And thank you for tuning in to Purifying Truths with A-Star. You too can connect with A-Star. Instagram and Facebook at Facets of A-Star. Tune in every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. for exciting new guests who illuminate the world and the fairies.